1: Good morning and welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. Here we are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming and is our responsibility, is our goal, is our desire to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. So that's what we're here for. That's what we try to do. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways you can do that. The primary way is by calling in on the line, 347-237-5230. That's if you want to get your five cents, ten cents, uh, two cents a dollar in, (laughs) your opinion in. That's the number to call. Also, the, um, the live chat room is open, so you can log in and uh, also share your thoughts on the chat room and also we got the Facebook page and we got all the kind of other stuff so you can however you want to follow us on Twitter excuse me hit us up on a uh, send us a, uh, an email at pastlorenzoneal at gmail.com um, the Facebook page here on Network on Facebook and um, the blog lorenzotneal.com so however you want to you know, we're here <laughs> we are here and I tell you uh we've been gone. We've been on hiatus. There's been a lot going on with a lot of traveling conferences we've been at, so we haven't been able to do the show. So we're, I'm excited to be back on the air. And I'm playing catch-up, so you're going to have to bear with me. There's a lot i will to try to cover in this short amount of time. But if we get to it, fine. If we don't, fine, too. But let's start off this broadcast. This is all we do, as we always do, uh, with a word of prayer. We're going to do that and then get into some topics because we've got a lot to talk about Um of course, stenographer, U.S. House stenographer going wild, and of course the Congress is wild too. That's a whole different thing. But I digress. Let's do this first. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for the opportunity to be back on the air. We pray, God, that you allow us to say things that would be glory to your name. Uh, as always, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Amen. All right, like I said before, we got a lot to cover. Uh, and I hope I can get to all of it. I mean it's quite a bit of course uh, the biggest story uh in in the religious world i guess is the preachers of l a <laughs> and I'm definitely going to talk about that because there's there's some uh, a lot of controversy going on with that there with that there and uh even the biggest preacher <laughs> in america, one of the biggest preachers in america t d Jakes has put his uh, since then, we'll, we'll hear about that later on at the bottom of the hour. Um, but I'm, I want to lead into this story, and uh, we're going to talk about a couple other things. So, but the first story I want to lead off with um, is uh, this U.S. House of Representatives uh, stenographer. That's the person who you know takes the notes or records everything that happens. Uh, so she uh, she uh, this this person has a Big responsibility in the house and uh during the shutdown last week apparently uh this this person had a moving of the spirit uh diane reedy forty eight she's uh's been a vet- she's a veteran stenographer she's been working there for at least eighteen years former from, from report said but uh she had a uh, she had an interesting um interesting monologue uh, that she did on the floor of the house during the vote. Now, this is during the vote of the shutdown. They were they were voting to reopen the government, you know, and like it was really shut down. But this is this. Take a listen to what she said. She uh, let me set it up. She goes to the presiding officer of the moment, and she asks asks if the microphones are on. And and of course, you know, the person think oh they may be able to hear what we're saying. So, she said, "Yeah, they're all." So, she politely goes to the microphone where the US representatives usually speak and says these words. Take a listen. Okay. He will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. Don't touch me.
0: He will not be mocked. The greatest deception here
2: is this is not one
1: nation under God. It never was. Had it been, it would not have been. No. It would not have been. Constitution would
2: not have been written by Freemasons. They go against God. You
0: cannot
1: serve
0: new masters.
2: You cannot serve new
1: masters. Praise be to God, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise All right. Again, that was house stenographer Diane reading, veteran stenographer, um Goes up and abruptly disrupts the voting session of the House of Representatives, U.S. House of Representatives, by saying those words. And at first, when I first heard that, I, I couldn't understand what she was saying, but then uh, she says that he cannot be mocked. He cannot be mocked. God is not going to be mocked. Um, then she goes on to this rant about Freemasons uh, writing the Constitution, and of course, you know there were several of the founding fathers who were members of the Freemason uh, society. Or you know, and I'm a little biased on that because I myself am a Freemason and and um, have been so. But that's a whole different story. Um, so she 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 goes into the salute. I don't know why she felt the need. She said that she was led by the Holy Spirit to do that. Uh, she was led by the Holy Spirit to say that uh, God would be mocked and, um, and and then go on with those, her, those remarks. Now, uh, she was escorted off, and her husband, her husband, you know, they, the media contacted him, and her husband said that she had been under so much dist- uh, distress, stress and um, all kinds of stuff because of the shutdown. She was working all these hours, you know, long hours, so. All the rest from that led to this outburst. now she has not claimed publicly, and uh far as I, has been reported, she has not claimed any uh mental dis- dis- disruption uh illness or any kind. her husband has you know said she has no and they gave her a psych evaluation and they've since put her on admin excuse me on administrative leave. So it is it's not that she has any mental thing but she you know she you could tell that she either she is just so concerned about the stat the status of the country and the government and the the um the representatives or she was really led by the spirit you can't you really really don't know but I, I got to say that she, you know the message she said you know God is not God is not mocked and 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 we are making a mockery of the liberty that He has given Him uh, given us and our, our, our representatives are doing that both Republican and and Democrat they're doing it they're shamefaced and and you, know, you know there are a lot of gullible people who are taking sides without seeing through the cloud you know seeing through the this tomfoolery that's going on it's it's a bunch of it. Uh, And, you know, they're too busy looking at the distractions instead of seeing what's really going on. Our nation is really in trouble. And it is not, not, I said like I I taught in the Bible study yesterday, it's not because of the economy, it's not because of the president who happens to be of color, it's because we are people who are still in sin and we like it. And because we, we like it, we're gonna do what we wanna do and doesn't matter who's mad at us or not. And that's something to be uh that's something that's something to to think about. But the question is the question is, uh, the relevance of that outburst. Uh you know, she, she said she was led by the Spirit of God, she said that uh she felt that she had to do it. And now she's looking out She's looking like she's crazy, but question is: Will will people take heed? Will, will they listen? Were they really listening? Um, matter of fact, one of the congresspersons afterwards, after the fact, said uh, people should not be threatened or feel uh, feel bad about this incident because the the chambers are still safe. It's not like she it's not like she hadn't done what some of the congressmen when men and women do all the time. They're always making those kind of outbursts. Uh, Maybe not extreme as extreme as uh, the one Reedy made, but <laughs> they're always taking shots at each other, at the president, it doesn't matter, at any sitting president, not just particularly this sitting president, but any sitting president. They're always taking, that, uh, taking those kind of shots, and there are always those who are ambiguous regarding um, some of the statements, but they always do that, so uh, we can only wonder if— if um, if that was the leading of the Spirit of God to have her say that, if if there's even more dire messages coming forward, but I don't know why she included the Freemasons in that. That's that's a whole different thing. Uh, gonna take a break, and when we come back from the break, we're gonna talk about uh, a bishop who leads her church because of marriage we'll talk about that in a little bit and uh, of course at the bottom out we're going to get into this uh <laughs> the thing everybody wants to hear about <laughs> the at least i want to talk about maybe you want to hear it or not uh the preachers of la uh preachers of la uh television show and some interesting comments made by TJ. so we'll take a break we'll be back right after this
0: No, I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll
1: get you a rental car.
0: Don't use an umbrella.
1: Fall in love with Progressive's claim service.
0: When we made our commitment to the Gulf, BP had two big goals: help the Gulf recover and learn from what happened, so we could be a better, safer energy company. I've been with BP for 24 years. As part of the team that helped deliver on our commitments to the Gulf, and I can tell you safety is at the heart of everything we do. We've added cutting edge safety equipment and technology like a new deep water well cap and a state-of-the-art monitoring center where experts watch over all our drilling activity 24-7. And we're sharing what we've learned so we can all produce energy more safely. Safety is a vital part of BP's commitment to America and to the nearly 250,000 people who work with us here. We invest more in the U.S. than anywhere else in the world, over $55 billion here in the last five years, making BP America's largest energy investor. Our commitment has never been stronger.
2: You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal.
1: Hey, my dad's birthday is coming up, and I was trying to think of something that I could get him. You know, I don't want to give him a tie, or I got him some pants once before, but I digress. It's never too early to start thinking about holiday giving or birthday shopping or anything. But, you know, I'm not really big on gifts, but I do know when I give a gift, I like to go and shop where there's diversity and good prices. And that's what you'll find when you go to RedEnvelope.com. RedEnvelope.com has a great variety of gifts for every occasion. There are gifts for him, gifts for her, gifts for the house, gifts for the office, gifts for the little ones. You can go to RedEnvelope.com and find just about anything. And you know what? You'll enjoy the look on the person's face when they look at that gift that you give them because they'll know it's coming from your heart. You can even get personalized gifts. You can get something for anybody for any occasion at RedEnvelope.com you know, it's always good to find some great items with great prices, and that's what you'll find on RedEnvelope.com. So I, I just want to encourage you. Uh, I like to go. I've shopped there before, and I think you, when you get a chance, you should go and visit them too. RedEnvelope.com. Go there, visit there, and unwrap a surprise. All right, welcome back to Zero Today again. Glad to have you. you know, it, it feels good being back on the air. I, I kind of felt like out of place because I've, I've been having so much fun. I just got back from my 20th class, high school class reunion. I had a blast there. And um, I figured since I had so much fun all this month, so much has happening, and you know, I get back on the air. But I digress. I'm glad to be back on the air. I'm glad that you're joining and listening to us. And, again, we want you to tune in to the show Um uh, here on Blog Talk Radio every Wednesday at eleven AM. Uh and if you miss any one of the shows you can catch an archive show. You can download uh the podcast on iTunes. If you have iPhone, iPad, whatever, you can get back uh archive show all the way back from all the way back to uh however long we've been doing this now. <laughs> I wanna say almost three years, I think. I forget. Anyway. So we're glad to be back on. Again, if you wanna get your uh if you want to share your thoughts on anything uh, that we're talking about uh, today on this show, you can simply call in 347-237-5230. That is the number to call, or you can go into the chat room. Uh, we already have some people in there, and, uh, you know, however you want to do it, that's fine. We're, we're glad to have you. So before I went to the break, I said we want going to talk a- i uh, give you a story that caught me by surprise, and I'm sure caught a lot of people by surprise. Um, a pastor actually resigning from a church because of marriage. Well, you're probably wondering, well, why did they resign? Who did they marry? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, Bishop Allison Abrams, I think I've seen that name right, who was the pastor of the uh, progressive, I mean, the uh, Zion Progress Baptist Church of Des- Detroit, stepped down from her church that she had been pastoring for the last five years because she married a woman you heard me right because she entered the same-sex union uh, she thought it not robbery to take the time to step away from the pulpit abrams was the pastor of zion, zion progress baptist church of detroit and she served as an officer with a and uh, several other organizations, but she was affiliated with the Progressive National Baptist Convention. The pastor, who was previously married to a man, told the, free, uh, the Detroit Free Press that she had changed her views a year ago and that she would not classify herself when it came to sexual orientation. Now, uh, matter of fact, this is uh, now. Let, 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 she is not just a preacher, she's just a pastor. This is a woman who is trained. I mean, she has a doctor of ministry from one of the premier black uh, schools, uh, Union Theological Seminary out of Ohio. Well, that's where most black preachers go to get their doctorate. She has a master divinity. So this is not a woman who just up and started preaching. This is a woman who is trained. She's She has the mind and the intellect to engage uh, the study of Scripture, and she says that she has progressed. Now, this is what she, this is her, this is what she said um, about her uh, her decision to marry a woman. She said, "I progressed in my theology and came to the point where I would love whichever came to me." So the argument uh the argument that people are using that uh uh those who are homosexual are born that born that way is made null and void because now you have an individual grown woman a very beautiful woman attractive woman at that you know uh, who said that she would accept whichever uh form her love came and said she just wasn't open she wasn't just open to a specific gender She was open to whatever, to love In whatever way the Lord would bless her I I find that interesting And she went on to marry her Her lover uh, Who was also a bishop Um, She married her um, um, Her lover What's her name, gosh Diana Williams, who was A bishop in the Imani Church In Washington, D.C. Um Anmani Temple Church or something like that, but she says that uh, her partner, her her now spouse, they went to Iowa. They went to Iowa to get married. Her now spouse has is her best friend, her supporter, and you know you, you know that's who she fell in love with, and because she fell in love with this person, they married, and so and and. She 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 did a good thing by stepping down, and this is why this is. She says she stepped out because uh, it hurt her because she didn't want to be the reason for the church to split. She didn't want to be the reason for uh, families to be arguing, dissent. She didn't want to be the subject and the topic of discussion for. uh, some, you know, some preachers can be mean. There are a lot of just mean preachers, and she didn't want to be the subject and discussion, but here, here I am on the show talking about her, not in a bad way. I'm just, you know, talking about, just talking about her, but not negative. But. And so she, she thought it would be better if she resigned from, uh, not only from her church, but all the other positions that she held, because uh, it's still a taboo. We just might as well admit it. It's still taboo, particularly in the African-American community. Um, but you have to commend, I commend her. I commend her as a pastor uh, for doing what she thought would be best in, in the best interest of the congregation, particularly when it's uh, uh, an issue like this, such a hot ticket issue. Uh, and and, and The thing about it is she still had a lot of members who said that they will follow her, uh, that, you know, if she started another church, and she says she does plan to start another church. But if she starts another church, uh, some members would follow her. And that says a good thing about her heart with people. Uh, But I guess the heart of the matter really goes back to this whole thing about sexual orientation. You have a woman who was once married to a man, and in another interview, uh, well, in the same interview with the uh, Detroit Free Press, she says that uh, she had never considered being in the same-sex relationship ever before until about a year ago. About a year ago is when... Uh, the uh obama administration and department of justice overturned the defense of marriage act um and she wrote um a a blog or uh an essay uh whatever you want to call it she wrote about that uh and about that and her thing was uh theology has has to catch up with where we are um as a matter of fact she was like um it discriminates. Uh, the Defense of Marriage Act discriminates against those who deserve to have their relationships recognized, uh, and however they choose. And and, and while that sounds good, way uh, it, it's it's not as. and I'm trying to find a good way to put this because without injecting my. Uh, Without, I'm trying to be objective. I'm not trying to inject my personal script view of scripture. But the 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 law that was the Defense of Marriage Act signed by a Democratic president, Bill Clinton, signed into law. Same with uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, signed into law by Bill Clinton, overturned by uh, President Obama. The conflict there with the church. Is that if we begin to recognize those kinds of relationships, we almost risk it. We risk the chance of getting the authentic covenant of God, uh, not just the covenant between man, the covenant between God and man. If we do so, you know, when we start going to those extremes, and we can talk about Sodom more all you want to. Uh, the primary reason Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed was not because of the act of the men. That's how they but it wasn't because of the act of the men. Because they were inhospitable to the men who came. The men of the town wanted to, you know, they wanted to rape the men if you let <laughs> go by the traditional narrative. But the reality was that uh, those men in the, uh, in the town were inhospitable. Lot was hospitable. The men were not, and, and that was a grave offense during that time. Uh, the overtones of that, of course, are the uh, the homosexual uh, narratives. But again, my thing goes back. Okay, this is a woman who was once heterosexual, happily married, or dishappily happily married, or however you want to, unhappily married, who has now made the decision to become in to join in a same sex marriage. Relationship with another woman and has also made the decision because of that decision to step away from her church So uh, that's, a, that's a big thing that that's the that's a big thing to um, To take in so I, I'd like to hear your thoughts and opinions about that. What do you think of should she stepped out? Should she just stayed uh, uh, You know should, is the church fine you know, do you think the church would have been affected by the same-sex relationship? Uh, I know the preachers in the city would have been, you know, or, or at least they would have flaunted, you know, faked like they were really, really uh, this upset and, and, you know, something like that. But I, I doubt really if they were, would have been. But uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts about that. So call in if you have some thoughts on that. 347 three, Uh That's if you want to talk about it. <laughs> uh so um, I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll talk a little bit more about that if uh, if we have some more time. So we'll be back right
0: Jackson State University is not just another university,
2: it's a community, it's a
1: family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class
0: science, math, engineering, and technology departments.
1: At Jackson State University, we're leading the way
0: in technology and innovation.
1: One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time.
0: You've heard the saying, clothes make the man. It used to be that way with suits. You wear one and you'd start to think like one. Wall Street before Main Street, profit before people. Well, that's changing. I mean, look around. You see a lot more guys wearing suits. They're not thinking like suits. What it comes down to is this. Today, you don't have to be one to wear one. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it.
1: Dad, listen, we're going to go broke unless we figure out a way to divvy up the shared data plan
0: fairly. So, uh, whoever's fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair? Most dental work. What? Mm -hmm. Stop downloading and stop blanking everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. Just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint. With truly unlimited data, text, and calling.
2: You're listening to Zera Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal.
1: Here's a two-minute meditation from Pastor Lorenzo Neal. The book of Daniel, the first chapter, talks about four heroic young Hebrew boys who lived during a time of captivity, yet remained faithful to the God of their ancestors and themselves. Daniel, Azariah, Meshiel, and Hananiah, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were all children like myself when they began serving God, even though they began serving God while in captivity. They were young men who had high intellect, a stable spiritual life, and good physical appearances. Serving God paid off for them. Not only did they obtain favor from God, but they also obtained favor from men. But they proved themselves faithful to God in spite of very difficult situations. Of course, you can recall the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refusing to bow down to the image presented before them. Yet, when they were tossed into a fiery furnace, even the king himself worried about them. And when he went to find them, not only did he find them well, but he also found the Son of Man. And also, when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, the king also worried. But we found that God protected him, and he was delivered from the lion. God wants you to be faithful to him. Why? Because he's faithful to you. There's nothing you can do, really. The only thing you can really do is serve him in the newness of life. The psalmist put it this way. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you shall dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Beloved, the key is to Be faithful. If you're faithful over a few things, God will make you rule over many. With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you
0: want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's FloBot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, FloBot. Great job. Oops.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Flowbot
2: is broken. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. Call or click today.
1: Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And I tell you, (laughs) I'm trying to get back into the groove, into the flow. And it's good. I'm glad to be back. And um, again, we're glad that you're joining us on uh, having coming back off of hiatus. Uh, hiatus. If I can talk right, we'll get this right. Uh, but we're glad to be back on the air, and we we'll welcome you to join, uh, call, uh, tune in, listen, however you want to. And um, just grateful to you. Uh, 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 we talked about several, th- a couple of things. This, this house of, uh representatives, the stenographer Diane Reedy. We talked about Bishop, um, um, what's on Abram and and uh, her leading leaving her church. But I, I tell you this part, this segment, yeah, I'm really this. This is the one I really wanted to talk about because uh, the pre, with the premiere of Preachers of L.A. two weeks ago, it has gotten it has hit to a firestorm of things that you just could. I mean, I expected a lot of of dialogue and controversy when this show came out. Uh, I talked about it uh, when they were doing when they first brought up. The the idea of the show, and then they were getting the casting together, and they released, um, you know, the promos and things of that nature. I thought it would be really interesting because it it involved some, some of the preachers that I had grown up admiring, Bishop uh, Clarence McClendon, Bishop Noel Jones, um, and uh, those are two that I was really familiar with. The others, Diedrich Haddon, I heard his music, uh, Jay Haslip, I'm not familiar with him, uh, one Watson, I had heard about him, but wasn't too familiar with him. And, of course, oh, man, the other one escapes me. Y'all know who it is. But I got the chance to watch the last two episodes. And I tell you, from my personal experience, it was very enlightening getting a glimpse into the lives of these guys. But I was not duped into believing that they had released it to be a docu-series. I know it was just another reality show. So with, with reality shows come drama. And with drama comes ratings. And with ratings come you know sponsors or whatever they want. And it's just interesting that in the first episode, you saw drama between Dietrich Hatton and uh, Bishop. And then in the second episode, you saw drama between Bishop Watson and Bishop and uh, D. J. McClendon. You also saw the uh, the lavish lifestyle, and I think that's been the biggest talking. Ever. Everybody, every everything that I've seen relating to the show has basically uh, denounced the, the lifestyle of these those pastors, particularly uh, Clarence McClendon. Um, the wealth, you know, the five Bentleys and uh, Clarence McClendon I think they the that there was an episode about his entourage and honorarium, and he he went on the defense before the show was released. He released a video prior to the show saying that uh, he was set up by the by the producers and a confrontational scene between him and Dietrich Haddon. But he also went on the defense about his lifestyle defense about his uh his uh, honorarium and that he doesn't charge or does charge or, or and his entourage and who travels with him mate with him depending on what the church can afford who is uh bringing him in and, and uh now i this reason it touches on me is because i am full time vocational pastor. I'm, I was a bi-vocational pastor. I worked a secular job and pastor a church. Now I am a full-time vocational pastor. I make my living off the church. You know, I make. I say it again. I make my living off the church. So if the church not doing well, I might not be eating. <laughs> that, that's that. Yeah. Um, uh, now, having said that, I don't live exquisitely. There are some pastors who are, as seeing this as the top-of-the-tower type of thing. This is what they're uh, they're striving to do. They, they want to get to that lifestyle. This They have reached the epitome of the capitalistic church lifestyle. And I say that. And I grew up, you know, I, I grew up as a young pastor, as a young preacher, you know, boy preacher. I, I've always seen growing up, I, I know preachers live comfortably. I knew preachers who pastored three and four churches, you know, <laughs> so that they could live they could work a particular job. Their income came strictly from the church. And I've seen pastors who would raise two and three offerings for themselves during a service, one service, because they didn't get enough. I've been at churches where they, you know, they had the love offerings for the church and Clarence McClendon, that's what he would do. He would have a second offering for him. He didn't have a salary. Um uh, uh at least that's how I was rep- and have a salary from the church. He has love offerings anyway, but that dude has issues, and we're not even going to get a chance to discover anything. individual uh, cast members. But um, so there's a lot of review. There's a there's a lot of dialogue, and it's 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 bringing out the nature of the black church and the American church. And I, I say that intentionally. There is a black church culture. And there is an American church culture, and these cultures sometimes intertwine, but a lot of times they are very different, very different. And it is the nature in some cases of the black church to see their pastors have more than the members. You know, they want to see their pastors live in a, the nice house. Dry. Because, you know, when I was a kid preaching, I always wanted a Cadillac, and when I finally got my Cadillac, I was a pastor. <laughs> it was a used Cadillac, but it was a Cadillac, and I felt I was on the top of the world when I had uh And then it broke down on me, and I had to let it go. That's beside the point. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. Uh, but the Cadillac, was that was the car for the preacher. Uh, if you didn't have a Cadillac, you had a Lincoln. If you didn't have a Lincoln, you had a Mercedes. But, you know, and now they've moved up to... The Bentley, I have a friend, I have an acquaintance who's the pastor who has a Bentley. And the last time I spoke with him, I was like, man, I don't know how you do it, but you got Okay, I got at you. I'm just glad they give me travel allowance when I go to conferences. <laughs> but part of the problem with the black church, you know, the black church uh, and the American church uh, has reinforced this in some ways because the black church... Uh, wants to see their their, their pastors prospers So um, After this aired The most prominent black pastor Has something to say about it T.D. Jakes T.D. Jakes, Bishop T.D. Jakes He's not only a pastor But he's an entrepreneur He's a movie producer He is a um, He is a what Record producer You know And now he can add talk show host to his uh, resume because he had a, a new talk show host on BET. I, I can't think of the name of it. But um, the Sunday following Preachers of L.A., uh, during the offering at his church, T.D. Jakes had some interesting things to say. And I got the sound clip. It's about five minutes long, but I want you to listen to this sound clip. And I'm going to come back and give some commentary. But listen to what T.D. Jakes as he's he's um, leading his members, uh, his congregants, his parishioners, as he's leading them to give an offering. This is what he he says. Listen.
2: Your best thing. even if it's what you did not plan to give, even if it's not what you expected to give. I want you to get your best seed in your hand. You're watching over the internet. I challenge you right now to do what you couldn't do before. The word of the Lord has been preached in this place today. This is an opportunity for you to respond to the word. The word doesn't work if you don't respond to it. You've got to respond to the word. You have to take action. You can't just lay there in the same old bed you were in and suck up this word and be who you were before. Your actions prove that you heard the word of God. I want you to respond. They're the reason that you're logged on to this broadcast. Somebody's late for their own service. You could not walk away from this message Because the Holy Spirit is speaking directly Challenging your limitations I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus Some of you are moving in your life But your business is bound Your company is bound Your career is bound Your products are not moving Your stuff is not selling I rebuke that paralytic condition Off of your finances in the name of Jesus Your paralysis will be broken today In the name of Jesus I challenge you to stretch where you couldn't stretch before And do what you couldn't do before I challenge you right now to get your best seed. And respond to this word like you mean it. And respond to this word like you believe it. And God will open up the windows of the heaven and pull you out of blessing you and I have room enough to receive. Now I know you've been watching that junk on TV. And I want to tell you right now. Not one dime of what you're sowing right now will buy my suit. I want you to know my car is paid for. I want you to know I got my house on my own. I want you to know I am not bling bling and I am not shaking things. I had money when I came to Dallas. And I plan to have some when I leave. You did not buy what I got. I had I had it when I came here. You know I had it when I came here. The devil is a lie. I have sold enough books and produced enough movies. I don't need your offering to pay for this little slimy suit. So I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. We are going to build the kingdom of God like we have always built the kingdom of God. I'm not from L.A. I'm from Dallas. The people who go to my church know that I have moved in integrity. The people have been here a while. you can go through my track record and prove that when I said something, I did it. When we went after something, we bought it. When we wanted the land, we paid for it. When we wanted the school, we built it. When we went after this church, we burned the mortgage on this church. You don't do that kind of business being safe and bait and slimy and... Oh, shut up. Ooh, pull the plug. Woo. So let the work I've done speak for me. You are sowing in the good ground. And the 300 families that are employed in this ministry eat from this ministry, work in this ministry, and help us to produce the excellence that we do. And the natives all over Kenya drink water because of this ministry. And And the hospital in Nairobi survives because of this ministry. I do not need you to buy my car. I got this. Appreciate my straightforwardness. Give God some praise. We're gonna change the next generation We got things to do that are going to change our children I Don't I don't have time for that other stuff. We have a kingdom to build for the glory of God and by his
1: All right, that that was TD Jakes and um, I'm trying to unpack all of what he said because what he said was Well, he said a lot. (laughs) He said said a lot. But now again, let's let's put this within the context of what he said. He starts off feeling for the people to give. And I think and he got I I personally think he just got caught up in a moment of because he knows that there were people there who probably in his audience, he knows there were people in his audience who assumed that a lot of the money was going to him. Now, Jakes has expressed, uh, he, you know, it's no secret that he no longer takes a salary from the church. He's solely off the royalties of whatever he's done. You know, his books, his appearances, every, you know, he lives solely off that. We'll have, uh, we're trying to remind the good Reverend Dr. Jakes how he got to where he was before he came to Dallas. Now, if you don't know Jakes' background story, Jakes was in West Charleston Western Virginia, pastoring church. Um, and he he didn't have a lot of members at his church, but he was a popular preacher and he was around called, you know, he was by Carl Pearson and, you know, rose through the ranks of the charismatic circles. He got wealthy doing he he got wealthy off the back so the very thing that he is disclaiming, you know, he's going against now. Um, is not a self made man. I know it, it, it comes across that way because he lived his life now. But uh, who do you think bought his books? Who do you think uh, he preached in that he he got payments for? Who do you? It wasn't none. <laughs> it wasn't none church members. It was church folk. He lives in a multimillion dollar house because of church folk. Uh, even what well, he failed to mention were very that is now called the, uh, well, it's not the current campus, the, the previous campus, the Potter's House Church, was bought and paid for by his partners. You know, he actually went on his show. He had, back in the day, he solicited uh, people to him buy the property from uh, Robert Tisdell, uh, I think that's his name, Tisdall, the guy who owned it. You know, he had basically had committed fraud to jail, so the church property was available. He didn't purchase that himself. His members helped him purchase that. They gave television supporters gave. A lot of people gave so he could buy that. And move himself and other apps down to Dallas. And it was there that Yeah, I do have somebody. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. I guess they didn't want to be on the air. All right. So Jake's it is it, it, Jake's profited off the people. Now the question goes: the question is whether um, the show and the the preachers depicted on the the cast members of uh, the preachers of L.A the question is how much are they profiting off of it now and i'm i'm, I'm you know i'm 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 throwing it out there uh no preacher no preacher absolutely not one single preacher can live by themselves uh, live comfortably by themselves they have to have some income coming in even if they are bivocational if they are not bivocational if they're full-time like me, I live on a salary. Uh, it ain't a lot, but I live on a salary. I live comfortably. Then they have to come up and keep coming up with ways to get that income. And the first way you saw that is, of course, uh, Jakes makes the appeal, and he he, he 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 uses a little bit of guilt. If you felt blessed by this word, you need to give up. Um, and, and that's not the point I'm trying to make. I got I got a little uh, detoured. The point I'm trying to make is that we he's calling it junk and went on to defend what he has and how he ascertained what he has, he has to remember that what he has still came from the very people who gave. He didn't do it by himself. He doesn't have it. Because if people would stop supporting what he does, if they stop buying his products – if at, at you know, just like any store, he'd go out of business. Uh so he still ne- he negates God blessing people. The poor ones who God blessed to to as Paul even said, uh while he says, My God should supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, it that same context he said, But you are the ones who are supporting me and I know in whatever state I am, in whatever condition of need I am I know how to be content, and he also writes about in um, a couple of his epistles there. He was hungry and he was naked, and he didn't have a place to stay. He took a job as headmaker to do uh, to some of his uh, his physical needs. I, I'm saying this, and I'm not trying to be a rant or anything like that. It, I'm just simply saying that for for what Jake says that that he. You know, he, he had his own thing first. It, it's very misleading uh, because uh, while he did have a job before, he left his job to go to full-time ministry. And if he had not made that decision to go to full-time ministry and be supported by the church, he wouldn't have what he has today because he's still being supported by the church. Now the church where he serves locally as Pastor, or whatever it is in their capacity, because they, you know, uh, whatever role he serves in at his local church, he is no longer physically supported by that local church. He's living off just like Rich, Rick Warren is no longer uh, financially supported by the church that he serves. Uh, they are living off the royalties of uh, their, you know, writings or whatever. That's not knocking them because you know uh, that that's all good but you have to be clear and concise because you're still misleading the people. You're still misleading the people saying that y'all don't support me. I do it is on my own. No, you that's, that's misleading. You are still being supported. You're not just being directly supported by the people like I am. I mean, my income is directly, uh, directly reflected by my members. If my members, uh, Aren't able to support the salary, you know. Aren't able to give. It affects my salary, plain and simple. You know, if they continue to give, I can say I can continue. I'm continue to be blessed. I'm, I'm allowed to do <laughs> the things that I'm able to do. And with that giving, there's a greater responsibility on me to reflect integrity. So I can't be, you know, if they're giving me money to to live off. I can't be using that money to do other stuff with, you know. Now, if I have overflow of some things, then, yeah, I can I can do some stuff, but uh, it, it's, it's a bad thing if I make the money and I give me some money to to go to a conference, and instead of spending it on the conference, I, I go and... You know, I'm leaving that alone. I'm leaving that alone. I'm saying all this to say that uh, that with with all of us, especially those ministers of us who are in full time vocational pastoral ministry, full time, we we have to let people know that uh, they are the reason we are able to do what we do financially. They their financial contributions um, help us. Now, does that negate all that he is doing? No, it doesn't. Doesn't negate anything that he's doing. It's just that he has to be clear that what he's doing is still being supported by the very people that you know. It, it was you know, no, those same people who are supporting. Not the same energy, but you know, the the same uh, type of people who are supporting the preachers on L.A. The preachers of L.A. Helping them to live uh, and and and. and very luxurious lifestyle Are the same ones who afforded him to do the same Uh, even though Those may, those people may still be doing it uh, In a more direct way Than an indirect way, you know But I, Hey, what do I know? What do I know? I don't know anything Uh, come to the close of the show I, I tell you, I'm glad to be back on here. It was, been, it's been a good show And I appreciate you guys for sticking in Uh and tolerating me as I try to get back in my group. And I, I should be back in my group soon. But I, I just want to let you guys know I appreciate it. Uh, so we'll be back in the air, the Lord willing, next week uh, with more stuff, good stuff, always wonderful stuff. And, again, if you ever want to catch any past broadcasts, simply log on to uh, Zero Today uh, on Blog Talk Radio, and you can catch the archives. Go to the iTunes store, and you can catch the pod. You know, you can get the podcast. Download those and listen to any archive show Uh, you can send us your thoughts um, uh, Your thoughts or your um, Insights